Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Evening online Bible study. I would encourage you to uh, sign up if you'd like. We're going to continue that this year. It's okay if you jump right into the middle of it. We're in the book of Acts, and we're in about chapter 19. So if you want to jump in, we would be glad to have you. The rate at which we are going, we will still be there next year. And that's just how it is. So you're welcome to join in Monday night, 7 o'clock, and we study for about an hour. I know there are others that are taking place, and if you will... Uh, those of you involved in them, if you'll let us know that we can advertise those again since the new year has come up and that we might be able to make sure people who uh, would like to would be able to find those and to be involved. We're going to be talking about this year, as was already stated, stand in the gap. And I want to propose two things to you. Number one, I would like for you to challenge yourself to study the book of Ezekiel. That will be the text, chapter 22 and verse 30, where God said, I looked for someone who would build a wall and stand in the gap for this land that I would not destroy it. But I found no one. So if you would like to be studying the book of Ezekiel this year, Secondly, then, I'm going to propose that you include in that study, you might, because uh, it's a whole year, so you've got plenty of time, study the book of Ephesians. The sermons that are tied to the stand in the gap theme will come from the book of Ephesians. And we will be there uh, one Sunday night or one Sunday morning all year long as we study this topic. The verse that was just read is a, is a very good summary verse. It reminds us, and in so doing, reminds us to stand with God, to stand firm. And that's what standing in the gap is all about. So we remind ourselves that this is the concept we're beginning. And when we get to the end of the year, we're going to study that text in depth as we say or not as we end the year, but in the year, we're going to study that text to understand what it means to stand as a prepared person. But for tonight, I want you to back up to chapter 4 and the first three verses of Ephesians. And there we'll find, this morning we discussed that the church was God's gap filler. And in a quick summary fashion, chapters 1 to 3 deal with the church that God set up to fill that gap. Chapters 4 through 6 more define or highlight the individual Christian who by his or her life stand in the gap. And so I wanted to do summary fashion as we begin. So we had the church this morning, and tonight we think about each one of us as individual Christians standing in the gap. First of all, ask the question, what does it mean to stand in 
the gap. Now, imagery comes to mind. You probably think of one person this morning did, being Mike Grimes said he is a Civil War buff. And so he thinks about various battles that were fought when you can see there's a break in the line and someone takes charge of his part of the infantry and moves in and stops, fills in the gap. Maybe you think of standing in the gap as someone who builds a bridge over a chasm. Whatever your image is, it will fit the concept of what we're talking about this year. But I have a definition that I found today that has three parts. And these three parts are what we will think of for a few minutes, how we as Christians stand in the gap. Number one, or here is how the definition is given in three parts. One is to expose oneself for the protection of someone or something else. Number two, make a defense against an assailing danger. And number three, to be a support or a defender of a fellow who has fallen. Now those three ideas fit very well the concept of standing in the gap. Let's look at these verses quickly together. Number one, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Notice with me if you will, Paul begins by announcing that he is a prisoner of the Lord. He says, I want you to know, I have decided to be a prisoner of the Lord. To be a prisoner in most concepts means I've done something wrong and therefore I'm being punished for it. But in the concept of Scripture, it means I have done something wrong and it has been paid for me, so I am in debt. Paul said, I am a prisoner. I willfully put myself bound under God. For what purpose? I want to suggest to you that we could say his purpose is to stand in the gap. Notice, if you will, walk worthy of the calling. In the first place, this definition of standing in the gap says to expose oneself. Now, we know that that doesn't mean certain things. In other words, it doesn't mean I intentionally run out there and expose myself to temptation. I can't mean that because Scripture constantly is reminding us to flee from those things. So he's not telling me to put myself in temptation. Number two, he's not telling me to overlook my own 
spiritual health and not necessarily even to overlook my own physical health. Now, it might be necessary. There have been martyrs through the centuries who have stood in the gap with their own lives to protect the faith. I pray that we will never have to do that. But I also know that there's a great possibility that we will. But God is calling us not to put ourselves in spiritual harm way. And only physical harm way if that's the only way out. So when he says to expose oneself, when that definition says that, it's not what I'm talking about. But I'll tell you what it is. Number one, to expose yourself means... Not to stand idly by. Not to sit there and do nothing. Paul said, walk. If I'm going to stand in the gap, if you are going to stand in the gap, we have to do something. We cannot be people who are on the sidelines merely watching, looking thinking that something will happen. There are times when we must make something happen. We are constantly in the walk. If I'm exposing myself, I'm walking. It doesn't matter where you walk, you're exposing yourself every time you do so. If you're walking in your neighborhood and somebody is driving through and looks down because of something in the car, even going at a very slow pace, they could hit you. You've exposed yourself by walking. You might expose yourself by walking to an uneven path. Austin and I, many years ago, decided to drive to watch Kentucky play Tennessee at Neyland Stadium. And we parked far enough away that we didn't have to pay. Probably some others have done that. And so we're moving in that direction. And we decided to pick up the pace. And not too many steps down, I was walking. I made one quick move and was walking on my left ankle, meaning it just turned all the way. Well, I sat the entire game with my foot propped up and the people gave me a bag of ice to put on my ankle. They could fix my ankle, at least calm the pain of the ankle, but they were not able to salve the defeat that occurred. Oh, well. When you go on an uneven path, you're exposing yourself. Get in the game. He says to walk. Number two, he says walk worthy. This word worthy means it fits the value. It fits the value. You do something that fits well with the value of the thing for which you are walking. So when we walk, we don't just walk any way we want to. We don't just decide, oh, I think I like this one, or I'm going to follow that one. We walk because God has said, this is how I want you to walk. When we stand in the gap, we do it the way God says. 
we don't do it the way the world does. Because when the world stands in the gap, you know what they do. The world stands in the gap in a way that says, we want to make everybody happy. We want to figure out a way to make everybody feel good. And everything, you ought to feel good about yourself no matter what you believe, no matter what you practice, no matter what you live. We're going to figure out a way to create a bond in that big gap. God says, no, that's not how we do it. We walk worthy. And so we expose ourselves to walk the way God would have us do. And it's for the protection of something valuable. There's nothing more valuable for you and me than the walk to which we have been called. We hear all of the time about walks that are important. Walk for water. Raising money to build wells in countries that don't have water. Worthy. A good walk. We walk in behalf of various causes from curing diseases to fixing situations, and they're good. Those are valuable walks. But there is no walk any more valuable than to walk for the Lord. We stand in the gap because we are willing to expose ourselves to defend the walk God has called us to. And we are constantly on defense. We're constantly protecting what God says. God's word should be protected. And this walk is defined by the word of God, and it protects. We should protect it, and so we stand with it. Four square, telling everybody, uh-uh, this is where we stand. This is the walk we are on. You may not agree, but we find it in Scripture. To stand in the gap, I must expose myself, get in the game, for the protection of something valuable. Number two, to defend against an assailing danger. Verse two, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. When the danger comes, there is an instinctive part of us that wants to react. In other words, there is an instinctive part that says, run, there's the danger, take off. You ever had a dream where something was there and you wanted to run? And in the dream you can hear yourself yelling to run, run, run. Every time a snake enters in one of my dreams, I'm saying, run, and I can't go fast enough. Well, that's what we do instinctively. Some people, when they face danger, 
They just simply fall apart and sit down. Give up. I'm going to lose. This danger is going to beat me, so I quit. God doesn't want us to stand in the gap instinctively. He wants us to do it intentionally. Intentionally. And he tells us how to do it. How am I going to stand in the gap? How am I going to do it in order to face this oncoming danger? Number one, with lowliness. That doesn't sound like right. Wait a minute. If the enemy is coming, do you want this lowly person to defend you? In Scripture you do. Scripture teaches that lowliness is how I view myself. How I view myself. If I appreciate myself, then I will make a good person to stand in the gap. If I appreciate my own faith, my own convictions, if I appreciate who I am and what I am, then I'll be able to stand in the gap. I want in that scenario a soldier who is lowly as it relates to Scripture, confident, knows, not overconfident, not conceited, but understands and knows and is assured. I think of myself as confident and ready to stand. That's the kind of person I want. Number two, with gentleness. Now that's the way others perceive me. There's one way to stand in the gap against people who are in sin. You can buy those big, hardcover Bibles and just whack them over the head. Now, we wouldn't do that. But you know what we would do at times? Some people do. You heathen, sinner, awful person. If I'm standing in the gap against an assailing danger, I'm standing there because there are people who are in danger from sin. They've been caught. What good does it do for me to whack them around? They need to see me as a gentle person. The Bible doesn't speak of gentleness as a calm lamb. When the Bible says that Jesus was gentle, it means that he had the right amount of force to accomplish what was needed. Not too much, because you can beat on people so much that they don't care anymore. And if you don't have enough, then you're not being gentle enough. When I think of gentleness, I think of the National Geographic times when I have seen 
a lioness who is moving her cubs to a new house. And those great big old teeth that tear apart the prey pick up that little lioness, little cub in her mouth and move it gently. There is a strength and a power there that you cannot deny. But it's also able to accomplish what needs to be done. We stand in the gap. People need to appreciate. They need to see who we are. Their view of us will determine if they will appreciate our standing in the gap. Number three, with long-suffering. This is exactly what it says. This is my view of other people. If I am able to suffer long, if I am able to be patient, if I consider other people and I am long-suffering toward them, I will be willing to stand in the gap. But if I'm not, I might say, I have had enough of you. You bother me. I'm worn out. Leave me alone. I'm just going to be over here by myself. Admittedly, we all get tired of constantly being in a battle. But we're talking about the battle for the souls of men. And how I view them will determine whether or not I'm willing to stand and defend against an oncoming danger on their behalf because they are valuable to God. Finally, third, look at verse 3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Finally, the text says, or the concept says, that as one who is going to stand in the gap, I need to be there to defend and support a fallen brother. To stand in the gap, I must be aware when the gap occurs. We established this morning that the church was designed by Jesus to fill the gap. I need to be aware when I see a weakness in the church that I'm willing to stand in the gap to help. When I see a brother or sister weakened by the world, offering an opportunity for the outside dangers to come in, I need to be there to support that person. I need to be there to help that person. I'm on their side. And I need to be aware, if we don't know each other, then how are we going to know when one of us is weak, needing our support to stand in the gap with them in their lives? That's a part of what it means to stand in the gap. He tells us these things. Number one, endeavoring. 
The word endeavoring doesn't really, I think, tell us what the word means. Really, it means quickly, hastily, speedily. In fact, the Greek word is where we get our word speed. Spudazzo, speed. We cannot waste time. To stand in the gap means I need to be right now jumping in. I cannot wait. Things are too bad. There is too much at stake. I need to be speedily involved in standing in the gap because it is such a dangerous situation. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. To keep is to hold on to something as a prized possession. To make sure that we understand why it is that we jumped into the fray. Why is it that we quickly said, I'll plug that hole. Because I'm willing to hold on to it. Is your faith worth holding on to? Is this church worth holding on to? Is this word worth holding on to? Then I'll keep it. Third, the unity of the Spirit. To stand in the gap means that I know the value of what I'm doing. When we stand together as one against an encroaching enemy, when we stand together as one supporting those who might have become weak, we have shown the value we place on the unity of the Spirit. We cannot be people who agree that unity means something other than what it does. Some people call unity union. In other words, it doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter anything. Let's just all be together with all of our disparate views and concepts. It's not unity. Others say unity is uniformity. You have to believe exactly what I believe, do it exactly the way I tell you to do it, and if you do it any other way, then it's not right. Be gone. That's not unity. That's uniformity. But Bible unity says, I value that what God says is right is right. But I also value that the way others carry out what is right is valuable as well. I may do it a little differently, but as long as it matches with God's statement of what he thinks is right, says is right, then who, who am I to say, if you don't do it like me, you're wrong. We value unity, and we stand together in the gap for unity. And finally, 
looking for God's peace. To stand in the gap means we want peace. Some people enjoy the fight. Some people enjoy, even in a spiritual way, oh, let's just fight them. Let's pull a sword of the Spirit and let's slash them to pieces. Well, certainly there is the concept of fighting the Christian life. But I'm not trying to beat anybody. We're not trying to prove that we are better than anybody. The fight, the standing in the gap, is calling all people to be the same with God. It's an invitation to come to us, not a weapon to drive them away from us. We want peace. We stand in the gap because we want there to be peace. Every day, as a Christian, in the lives that we live, the places we go, the people we are around, the things that we do, we're going to be called to stand in the gap. Not one of us will be able to stand fully in your opportunity of a gap. Each one of us will face our own opportunities to stand in the gap for the Lord. There will be many times when you can call others to help, but sometimes I'm on my own. And sometimes you're on your own in that moment with the Lord, of course. Be diligent, quickly. Stand up. Be assured of yourself. Stand firm. This is what I believe. This is my faith. No matter how much someone mocks it, no matter how much they make fun of it, this is who you are. Stand in the gap. I want us to be people who support each other, stand with each other, for each other, and I want us each individually to decide that I will be that person. Tonight, we call to each of us in our own minds and lives to make a decision. This year, I am choosing to be one who stands. Wherever the gap is, I'll either stand with it, I'll find somebody to help me, I will not let it pass. That's the challenge. That's the call. I hope you will do it. If we can help you fill a gap in your life, having Jesus in it or coming back to the Lord, we always offer that opportunity to help while we stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.